Mike Slater, who joins us now. He can be seen anywhere people want to hear smart people talk about things like Fox News, Fox Business. He's been on CNN Headline News anywhere, and he's been, he is his, uh, currently and has been a San Diego radio legend, particularly on AM 760's The Mike Slater Show. Weekdays from 12 to 3, Mike Slater joins us now. Hey, Mike. And a big fan of Jack Armstrong. Um, it's not easy to become a radio legend when you're only 35. 30, you're 35? <laughs> Seven. You're 37, so this yeah. is a two years old. 37, God. The amount of you, you have no idea the knee pain you have coming toward you. I dislocated a rib last week. What, Jack? Do, I, dislocated what were, my, I was what were carrying my daughter upside down by her ankles, and I tripped over a pillow. And I did everything I could to not paralyze her. So I, yeah. I, I took the took one for the team here, and uh, I haven't been able to breathe for about a week. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting old. The uh, the carrying your kids upside down by the ankles, they love that, but there reaches a point where either they're too heavy or you're too old, and it just think, doesn't work anymore. We're <laughs> beating that in Matrix. <laughs> Um, God, I'm just looking at the overall landscape of things before we get to uh, our particular on this uh, horrible shooting story with the almost 90 percent wrong track we've got going in America right now. Mm. I just read this piece by a thinker that we may never have a president above a 40 percent approval rating anytime in the near future just because of the way we the way politics work right now. Um, ah. You're a more optimistic person than me. I tend to, uh, I tend to tend toward pessimism. Are we going to come out of this funk in any way? Are we just, are we at the low point of the pendulum swing and things are going to get better? I feel like we got more bad to come. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so I used, I used to be <laughs> a super optimistic guy. My expression used to be, my glass isn't half full, it's overflowing. Yeah. And that's now a I'm one. a lot more like Jack Armstrong. <laughs> Right, it's like, oh, we have a long, long way to go. We're nowhere near rock bottom. Mm. And if you know any addict, then uh, yeah. you're like, oh, well, this has to be rock bottom. And then there's like years and years of it still to go. Yeah. Um, no, so I think it's going to get much, much worse. But uh, I think that's good because the worse things get, the, the the greater the need and more obvious it is that we need to uh, turn things around and have a true revival in our country. You know, the, you know the cycle, you've heard it, right? The strong men make good times cycle, yeah, right? absolutely. And, and we're in, and I'm glad, I'm, I'm especially glad to be raising kids in the beginning of the hard times make strong wow. men cycle. That is, there. there's a guy making lemonade out of lemons right mm-hmm. there, is that you want your kids to grow up in the hard times you learn to, you know, my kids are going to learn something, um, that I think kids and your kids are, uh, that, uh, slightly older kids didn't about, you know, we don't go out to eat. It's too expensive. And, you know, all these different sort of things that I grew up with that got lost there for many decades because we were, uh, we were a land of plenty and credit was forever and the economy would always be good and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I hear these people talk about how, you know, we can't have kids now because, you know, the economy or the, the planet, global warming, like we can't bring kids into the world. And it's like, what are you talking about? Slaves had kids, right? Like, real slaves were like, I'm still going to bring kids into this world. Peasant farmers, thousands of years ago, who's for thousands of years, their families were nothing but peasant farmers to the king. And, and like, you're at risk of, like, getting raped and pillaged by the tribe next door. They had kids. And you live in the most luxurious time in human history. And you're like, oh, gee, I don't know. My credit score is a little low. I don't know if I can bring... <laughs> yeah, right, give me a break, people. Yeah, yeah that, um, that's pretty ridiculous. And I think about, too, my, my parents, they didn't know how bad things were uh, and i think things were like really in a lot of ways just as bad or at least the fruit or the seeds were there uh so they weren't aware they weren't on it they weren't as protective uh of our home uh and as they needed to be um and now like 
there's no TV in the house, right? You know what I mean? Like, like we're not putting you in front of the TV mm. to, to listen to people who hate you and hate our worldview, teach you and raise you in my stead. Uh, so we're a lot more protective in, in, a, in a good way. Interesting. Um, to the particulars of the, the horrifying shooting or shootings that keep happening across America, um, what, what, what do you think in general is going on with the, the angry young men of America? Yeah, I, I, there's a million, right? But I, I've, I've narrowed it down, at least my study is, Identity and isolation. Those are my two I words. Uh, let me make one point first. And I should, I'm super glad I can ask you this and get your thought before I, I go into my rant. Um, I'm trying to articulate, and I can't do it right, this concept that when we hear a murder like this, this is just the tip of the spear of despair. It's just, it's just like the most blatant. But for every murderer, there's a million young men who are in some spectrum of despair mm. and they have different ways of of exhibiting it right so it could be like for every murderer there's 10 young men who commit suicide and there's a, 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 a 10,000 who are uh, on drugs and almost overdosing drugs and then there's 100,000 who are drunk all the time and then there's a million right, right like so I don't know how to articulate that better but every time I hear a murderer like this I think of also the millions of people yeah. who are in despair out of that yeah. can you think of a better way to put that no that that's a very good point and you know in the the uh the mass shootings that don't happen get so little attention, which has always seemed a little weird. There was a 13-year-old that got stopped with a gun in his car in the other day, um, was headed somewhere with a gun. And bo- now, what what he was going to do, you don't know. Yeah. But that could have been just you know the random luck of we're talking about that particular shooting. Well, uh, well how about this? You know, in Chicago, fourth this last Fourth of July weekend. There were 71 people shot yeah. and 10 other people murdered, right? So, but like, so that's what I mean. I just like mourn for so much. But then there's the person who doesn't commit suicide, but it's just like, like almost overdoses on drugs. And like, that doesn't make the news, right? But there's that level of despair. And I think it's all caused by the same thing. Uh, so I want to kind of talk about, I want to think about all of those as, as I'm kind of ranting here. Uh, so real quick, let me just, so identity, um, we have no identity. So hundreds of years ago, you at 14th century, you ask someone, who are you? And they'll say, well, I was born here and my parents are farmers and I'm going to get married here at this church over here. And I'm going to get married to someone who I met when I was like 10, because like, this is our town and like, and, and I'm going to die and I'm going to be buried at that church. Like your identity was around you and mm. external. And then there was the industrial revolution and people go to the cities and like, there was like ambitions now, like you could be something different. You can make choices. And now, uh, it, this, this idea of self, uh, was much more in your head. Like, what do I want out of life? Uh, who can I become? And then you had Freud and all these other thinkers from the late 1800s uh, that said that your life yourself is defined by your desires. So it's not your external factors. It's, it's in your head. And you don't need to be a Christian to understand that the Christian ethic is the exact opposite. So the Christian ethic says your desires are wicked, and your heart is deceitful above all things, and your heart produces uh, evil thoughts, and you should not follow your desires. But now you have the world today that says you are your desires. Mm. And that's like the whole transgender thing, or even like homosexuality, like I am gay, or I am uh, a woman in a man's body. Like my desires are everything. They are natural, they are in me, they are good. And, and the Christian ethic is the opposite. It's like, oh, what is in you is bad, <laughs> and you need to be different, uh, and you can see where uh, problems would come from that. They're the exact opposite of each other. Yeah, interesting. We were talking about the, so many of these recent shooters, or through the past several decades, are in this age gap of uh, late teens, early 20s, where 
my parents were married and having kids already, and you know all their friends were. So there, the, you went from being a kid, which is you know a pretty um, uh, confined lifestyle and set of needs and responsibilities. You're in school and all that sort of stuff. To uh, married and raising kids, which, as you know, as a parent, is an all-encompassing uh, life purpose. We now have a, a you know you have this gap of. 10 to 20 years where it's just kind of float around trying to figure mm-hmm. out who you are. And I'm not sure that's working out. No, there's like new concept of adolescence. Yeah. I think uh, young men in particular, they ask, who am I and do I have what it takes? And I think young men are given no direction and no purpose. And they're given no opportunity to even prove to themselves that they have what it takes. And I go in these rants all the time about rites of passage. We have no rites of passage for young men in our country. Uh, I think the only rite of passage we have are like things by accident. Like you get your driver's license or like, that's stupid. Or you have sex for the first time. It's like, no, that's not it. Like no, like intentional, purposeful, other men directed rite of passage into manhood. And we wonder why so many men are floundering and unmoored and lost. Yeah, unmoored is a term I used a lot uh, yesterday. So we got this text responding to something I said last hour. I was actually talking about, I don't know how to refer to these people, like scumbag murderer I'm fine with, unless it turns out they're completely insane. And then I don't know know, how much I'd blame them. But anyway, we got this text. Uh, Jack, I agree with you on most topics that are discussed on this show. Parents of these kind of scumbag murderers is where we part ways. I'm a teacher almost 20 years now, and I've seen hundreds of parenting styles. Parents are absolutely responsible for their kids turning out to be scumbag shooters. These kids of young adults, mass shooters or gang related, never come from households where there are two emotionally stable, involved parents. They come from households where there are self-absorbed, uninvolved, uninterested parents of broken homes or broken homes. There is a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I uh, you'll, you'll get kicked out of the story. Charlie Sheen, right? Remember Charlie Sheen had oh, of like this crazy breakdown, whatever. And his daughter, his eighteen-year-old daughter, is now a porn star. She has her own yeah, fans, or whatever. Right. And Charlie Sheen's like, "Hey, uh, this isn't my fault. Uh, sh- this didn't happen under my roof. She's living with her mother. This didn't happen under my roof." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. That's the problem. You didn't provide a roof. Yeah, you." You weren't there. You were sleeping around with porn stars when she was seven. Like his big breakdown was was when she was about seven, like the exact age she needed a man and a roof, and he didn't provide it. So that's a good example. Like his daughter didn't go on to murder people, right? So she doesn't really make the new. I mean, she does because she's famous, right? But but like someone who does these destructive behaviors out of despair, like she is doing, wouldn't normally make the news. But that's the like the amount of despair there is out there, even if it doesn't make the news. And it's all because of well, what that listener just said. It's just just broken homes and just lostness. So we only have a couple of minutes, and then I got to let you go. Um, is Joe Biden going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party oh. in twenty twenty four? Can he, can he even make it? Like, like no, there's no way. Is Kamala no. Harris going to be the oh, okay? Another the no, least likable person ever. But like, no, oh no, in twenty, I'm no, sorry, I'm almost thinking like 2022, like after November. Uh, <laughs> sorry, right. I misunderstood the question. Uh, no, no, no. But so those are both no's. Uh, will Donald Trump be the nominee for the Republicans no. in 2024? No, no. Okay. Do you have any names that you? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very early, but no, nah, it's Ron, right? Yeah, and Mike Pompeo. Okay. Yeah, I just went through DeSantis's. He kind of hides his background, and I, I I wish we didn't do that. I feel like the populism on the right 
makes a lot of candidates feel like they have to hide the fact that they're brilliant, successful people, mm. and he is. And uh, I hope he puts that out in front a little more, the fact that he was the lawyer representative for the Navy SEALs in Iraq and yeah. you know yeah, Harvard and cool. Yale and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and he's got the Trump hands. He does the exact same hand movements as Trump does. <laughs> Trump hands. I've never, I've never seen anyone do Trump hands except for Trump and Ron DeSantis. Watch him next press conference. Moves him around uh, like a uh, pointer finger and thumb, like AOK signal connected, moving them. It's unbelievable. That's hilarious. Mike Slater, San Diego reg- radio legend on AM seven sixty. Thanks for joining us Man, today. It's a pleasure, Jack. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Just uh, you know what Mike Slater is? He's just a smart guy who's good at phrasing things, and uh, that's a very listenable combination for radio hilarious he's got trump hands (laughs) armstrong and getty the elevation with stephen furtick podcast was created with you in mind this is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from god together in this podcast we'll dive deep into scripture uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.